0: Changing the sales game on WebTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know that I'm excited that you're here. So as you listen to the show every week, you know if you can't feel my passion, there's something wrong because I'm extremely passionate about the show and really, really passionate about changing your sales game. And I know sometimes we hear that word sales, or if we hit a slump, which happens to all of us, we start to get frustrated, and then we change our behaviors instead of sticking what's tried and true. So to help you navigate. Changing your sales game in the show notes. You'll have, you'll find my link to my communication style assessment. My gift to you, you will get two reports. I know that if you're a regular listener, you hear this every week, but it's important. If you haven't taken that CSA, please do it. The report that you get for your highest score just kind of spotlights what your natural communication superpowers are. And then your low score more important sometimes is usually a blind spot as we communicate. So again, my gift to you, I hope it helps you navigate changing your sales game to make you a little bit easier um, for you to get locked and loaded and do what you need to do. Now to set the stage for today's conversation, my quote is by Lou Holtz and Lou says, your talent determines what you can do. Your motivation determines how much you are willing to do and your attitude determines how well you'll do it. Now, I as a as the, you know, new year is fast approaching, I think for many of us, uh, my guest today and I were just talking before we hit record, like, yikes, what's going on? We have all of this stuff to do before year ends. So even whether you're looking for a new sales position or a need of hiring quality sales professional, I know as soon as that first of the year hits, we're kind of in go mode. Um the cycle's never ending for various reasons. So how do we stay relevant? when we're in that job search mode and or for hiring the managers for business owners, um, perhaps you're looking for new talent. How do we do this properly to save us some time and money by hiring the right person or choosing the right job right out of the gate. And this is important because money and time are are uh, precious commodities. So who's my guest today? The amazing Dan Fantasia. Uh, Dan has been in sales recruiting since 1997, and he founded Treeline in 2001. His exclusive focus on helping companies build world-class elite sales teams has helped to change the lives of over 3,300 sales professionals. Dan's built a deep knowledge of what it takes to build and grow a top producing business. As a proven sales leader and innovator, Dan has created a positively charged culture that promotes the good in every person, resulting in a team that has developed best in practice methodologies and technologies that continues to revolutionize the industry. Wow. Welcome, Dan. He's my star. How are you? <laughs>
1: Connie, thank you. That was great. As always, you know, when it comes to environments and you are the perfect example, I like guess so positive, upbeat, driven, motivated. It's just a pleasure to be on the show. And uh it's awesome just to listen to you.
0: Thank you so much. And you know, what's funny is, you know, I, I when I train and stuff, people say to me, are you always positive? Of course, I am not always positive, right? I have bad days, too. I get sick, too, right? I, you know, you feel crappy every once in a while, you wake up with a headache or whatever. But I have to say 90% of the time, this is really me. I, I enjoy life. I enjoy my business. I enjoy the show and meeting people like you. So what is there to be sad about, right? Life happens. Don't get me wrong. And and we all have tragedy hit at some point, but it's how you show up. And I think that that creates a good vibration energy in the world. And then we can make a difference. It helps us make a difference, you know? Yeah. I mean, don't you think too, like
1: a positive attitude is perspective. Like that doesn't perspective. So for example, one of my sales reps called me on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. She's like, oh man, Dan, I just got this email. And basically um, a a prospect had, you know, blown her up. (laughs) You know, and so it's just like, stop, you know, I don't want to be in touch with you. You know, you you, you get those, you, you get some prospects that just sure. blow you up and it kind of turns you sour and it could, um you know, it could take the, the wind out of your sails. And I said to her, her name is Bailey. I said, Bailey, I said, don't sweat it, brush it off. And the reason why I say brush it off is because who knows what's happened to this person? Maybe. They broke up with their girlfriend, or maybe they got into a car accident on the way to work, or maybe um, you know uh, their credit card bill is bigger than they thought. I, what there are a million things happen in people's lives, and sometimes they just need a release. And if you happen to be that release, then happy holidays. You've done a great job, and this person can feel better about themselves and their lives. And hopefully, whatever's happening. Can they can look at the positive side of it, get over it, move through it and move on?
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's the thing out there. What do they call it? Toxic positivity. And, Mm. and that's not like when I show up and I'm in a good mood, I'm truly in a good mood. It's not like I'm being positive, you know, talking the talk and not walking the walk. So I, I think that's an element too, where people think, Oh, she's always positive. What a put on. It's, it's just not because it's exactly what you just said people have bad days and you know w- when i train my clients my banks and credit unions like i'll say to them A customer comes in and they yell at you did they just run over their cat in the driveway right. but they had to get the right. deposit done and you're the first person they saw so the angst is released on you you can't take it personally because we don't know what happened in that person's life in the last hour so just be kind and i think if we show up with kindness it diffuses anything that if someone is having a bad day, right? It can help diffuse or soften whatever's happening in someone else's life. We're in this together. So uh, yeah, I think being positive is important. I think we could accomplish a lot with that positive perspective. And I like that word perspective. I think that's important. Yeah. You're brilliant.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You (laughs) believe the same stuff, you know? So uh, even with that, that perspective to look at it differently instead of, feeling bad. And, you know, it's like, oh, hold on. Okay. I see. You're right. Who knows what's happening in that person's life. And then let's go out the rest of the day with positivity and, and happiness. And, you know, let's change some
0: lives. Yeah, because bad things happen to all of us. Nobody is immune, right? right, From the, from life. Life could be a cruel teacher at times for sure. Yeah. All right. So here's my first question. We're at the end of 2023 for those listening in the future, still value in the content we'll talk about. But what has your company or you personally, what have you heard from the sales professionals out there with what's going on 2023 anticipation of 2024? Like what's the vibe? I'm curious. Yeah. You know what? Just back to the perspective, (laughs) I mean,
1: you know, the salespeople that are looking at 2023 going to 2024, you want to have the same type of positive perspective. I mean, a lot of things have changed in 2023, right? The market has changed. There's been a lot of, especially in technology, a ton of layoffs. So you have sales reps looking around going, all right, hold on a second. People have been laid off in my company. I'm worried. I'm not hitting... Uh, the numbers that I'd like, or I'm not closing the deals that I would like, or these are the, uh, you know, distractions and challenges to doing my job. Yeah. So there's a few things that are happening for many of them. There's a lot of doubt and uncertainty, but that doesn't necessarily mean the grass is always greener. So mm-hmm. you want to really look at your company and your, um your in your current position with some perspective, right? You, if it's a great company and a great culture, and everyone's understanding and trying to figure out what the challenges are and how to, how to overcome them, that's a pr- probably a pretty good place to be. So so really kind of hang in there and have some perspective and think about what 2024 could look like. Because we're seeing while things have really kind of slowed down and been somewhat sluggish on yes. the hiring front, we, on the other hand, have all kinds of companies calling right now saying, we've got to get going in you know q one of two thousand and twenty four that 's a great sign, so while many of them have been conservative and trying to figure what's happened in two thousand and twenty three we 're seeing that they're they may have overcut or they may have um, cut back a little bit too much, and so now we 're seeing a greater need for two thousand and twenty four so I would say as an individual that is in sales, if you have the right culture and the right company and the right environment, then believe and do whatever it takes to keep that culture, environment, and uh, organization moving. And if you're in a rotten environment, then maybe it is time to consider other opportunities. And you should know that 2024 is looking like we're going to pick up some momentum, and there should be
0: uh, plenty more opportunities than we have seen in the past four or five months. I agree. You know, it's an election year next year too, so that adds a little fuel to the fire, which is which, which could be a really good thing. So now, talk to, which makes so much sense and such good advice for the sales representatives. <laughs> Sometimes we're we're quick to jump because the grass seems greener. The grass is never greener, by the way. The cultures at the new organizations they make it sound so great, right during the hiring process, perhaps, but really it's no better than where you are. So really, be discerning. I think that's such. Good advice. And the other thing, if you're really not happy with the culture, you have full control, right? It's choice. It's all about choice. So then maybe you gave it the time it needed during the year and you think, yep, they're not changing. They're not delivering what they promised. Well, then you have to make a decision, but you're always in a position of power, right? You don't you don't have to stay somewhere. It's not like you're you're chained to your desk that you do have choice. And I think that's important. Now, talk to me, you alluded about the companies reaching out to you, say, oh man, 20, May 24 is fast approaching. We need to get this hiring into, into hyper gear. Are you really seeing a lot of signs where you see um, companies? Cause remember the last quarter is all budgets for most corporations, right? So now they have kind of the budgets approved or almost approved. Is that what you're seeing a little bit? Well, there's
1: one or two things that are happening. So um, companies have a lot of companies have cut back uh, and, and, The hiring managers, the executives, they're fear, they are fearful as well, right? There's some fear, uncertainty and doubt because they've seen their numbers drop and they've seen their deals change. And so for them, they have the opposite perspective. They're worried that they could lose some of their top performers. Uh, so they're thinking, all right, this is where we are, but what happens if we lose people? Based on what we've experienced in 2023, right? So, so from a job seeker or a salesperson perspective, sometimes they think, uh, you I know, mean, I have no, I have no control, but the management team and the executive team is thinking the opposite. Like, well, we might not have some control. We might lose some of these individuals. And as a result, we should be thinking forward to 2024. They're also thinking about, um, top grading and looking at their current potential and how to most uh, efficiently build a top-producing A-player team. And so going into 2024, there is a lot of positive momentum from us. We're having a lot of conversations that uh, companies are looking to hire quickly in 2024. Now, that said... They, we might get to 2024 and that might change you know our business is very volatile and so while we're seeing and hearing a lot of great things you'd never know what's going to happen when q you know q1 really hits so we'll see
0: well, also bonuses come out in February. You have to be there in March to get it. So you have, you know, you, you. I think it's smart for companies that start to do the legwork of because the interview process is lengthy, right? You want to make sure that we're hiring the right person or people, so that that first that that first quarter you could do a lot of the legwork, make those offers, people get their bonuses, and then they can, you know, make the exit. So I think I'll, I always find that that first quarter. Um, for, for companies that are in hiring mode, it's, it's a process, but you gotta, you gotta come out of the gate strong, um, so that you can make those offers. And by March, cause think about it. Now the first quarter is done. So you have 25% of your year production could be at a loss. If you didn't hire, you have ap- open uh, spots. You know, my husband's company where he works. He's building his team for customer success in the wealth management area, R- retirement stuff is his expertise. And word just came down that they, they know they need to hire. They have like 10 open spots, but they have a freeze until February. So it, you know, him as a leader, right? It's frustrating, but he understands it's, it, you know, come, we can only do what we can do with budgets and resources and things like that. So, you know, everybody, the, the salesperson feels the frustration doing the job hunt or internally that they don't have the support they need. But you have to understand the company's perspective too, right? There's, there's stuff going on behind the scenes on both sides. And I think we have to honor where each are, especially what you said before, if the culture and the organization is really doing good by me, yet I'm frustrated for whatever reason, you got to give a little bit of grace there because you don't know what stressors the the company is feeling. And sometimes their hands are tied because of budget and board of directors and stuff like that. So there's so many moving parts that we don't know about and that we don't see. So just be careful, right? We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I, I I agree with that 100%, yeah.
1: And, and to your point earlier, it's, it's teamwork. Like you're in it together. It's not, you're not you know, against each other, you're all, you should all be rolling in the same direction, all right? Your success will promote the company. You can make money. You can enjoy the culture. You can have the lifestyle you want to lead. All of those things have to work in tandem together, right? If they don't work together, then you, you should be, you should be looking for new opportunity.
0: Yeah, because you can't do it alone, right? We need support. What what was the the recent statistic? It was something like when a salesperson goes out to... The decision maker, business owner, whatever, whatever it is, CEO, whoever your, your target market is or target audience is. And they, the person on the receiving end, it was 84% said they feel those salesperson isn't trained well or is winging it or doesn't show up prepared or, and that to me is a tragic because now is, so I look at it. Well, is it the salesperson not showing up? Could be. Is it that we're hiring the wrong people? Could be. Is it the company not supporting and given the training? that they need could be again, there's so many moving parts, but I think if we examine things in a logical way, the answer or the, the, the core, the source of the problem kind of shows itself. And now we can approach it in a very logical, um, way to make the change, whatever that change, uh, needed. Right. You know, what did you say? 80, is it 84%? 84% that, that blows my mind. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it is for interviews. But it's high as well.
1: (laughs) The basic, you know, know the company, who you're interviewing with, right? And why you think you're a good fit. Right, Connie? Just the basics. If you're going to show up to an interview, at least know what the company does, right? Because the first question likely is going to be, all right, what do you know about our company? Yep. What do we do? Why are you a good fit? So. Uh, if the percentage is 84, I'd be interested. I don't know what it is. I'd be interested to understand, uh, from a sales perspective, what a job seeker, what the percentage of job seekers are that don't understand what the company does before they go on the interview
0: and, and, you it's know, higher that's than one, to think. and, which is frightening because there's yeah. some, and we're uh, that maybe that's the next question to answer, right? Is how do I'm looking for a new job in 2024, or whatever, going forward. Yeah. Um, New year is approaching. I decided I want to make a move. The company's not a good fit anymore. What should the person showing up for the interview? What, how, how should they prepare for that? Yeah. Well, there's,
1: there's a few things. Uh So preparation for the interview is important, but I just want to, take a step back. The first thing you wanna prepare for is uh, how long it could take. Um, up until uh, July or August or so, you know, companies are moving at record speed, which they should be in 30 days. And then the second half of the year, halfway through Q3 into Q4, everything is slowed down. Like the speed at which companies are moving at is so slow. So if you're expecting, if you're not working or if you're looking for a new opportunity or if you're unhappy with the environment you're in, make sure you keep working your butt off in that environment so you can stay employed while you search for new opportunities. In other words, you need a long runway to find a company that's a great fit, that meets your salary and income requirements, your location or travel requirements, you know, your compensation, you know, all all of these things are important. So you're going to need a long runway. So the first thing you should do is set the expectation that this is not going to happen overnight. Yeah, It really isn't. So that's the first thing. And the reason why I say that is because back to perspective, uh, you don't want to get down on yourself because you're not you don't have the pipeline of opportunities of companies that are interested in you right now. Instead, you want to have the perspective that I'm going to have to work really hard at this and I'm going to have to talk to a lot of companies because I know this is going to take me a long time to That's find right. The, the right the right opportunity. Um, the second thing is it, when when it comes to like preparing, we, I, we did a, a survey with our CROs and the two questions and we just mentioned them that are most important to them that they all ask are, what do you know about my company? And why do you think you're a good fit? And so if you're looking at new opportunities, make sure you know what the company does. Make sure you understand who you're interviewing with. Make sure you look at their LinkedIn profile. Make sure you connect with them. Make sure you look and see what they've posted recently. What is of interest to them? What do they find interesting? Like and share some of their posts. But basically start to connect with the audience that you're going to meet with just like you would, In a sales presentation, know who the company is, what they do, what they're all about, because if you don't have that information, they can't take you seriously when they're considering you for the opportunity at hand.
0: And you know, it's funny. It's such a simple thing, right? LinkedIn, go on LinkedIn, especially in, in the professional um, world. Most of us are on LinkedIn. <clears throat> go, and I love that. See see if they're charitably in- inclined or they're on a board of Girls and Boys Club of America. Is that something that's near and dear to you? Or, you know, did you grow up through the boy, Girls Club or Boys Club of America where it influenced your life? Like, I would make sure I tap into that and say, listen, before we begin the interview, I have to commend you. I grew up through, but you know, be vulnerable, show who you are, because that might be the key that differentiates you from all the other salespeople that have the numbers and have the credentials and, you know, all of those pieces of the puzzle. But you took the time to vet out who you were being, who, who was going to interview you. If you have, if you know in advance, it's the little things that add up. And I'll just share, you know, my kids, they're, they're now working. They, when they were interviewing. Even though it was all on Zoom because it was all during COVID, Dan, my husband, but like, is your tie? um, You have your tie. Is your shirt pressed? Do you have your jacket? Does your jacket look nice? And they'd be like, yes, yes, yes. because right, we hammered it into them. And do you know? I would say about fifty percent of the time while they were going through the you know interview process before they got their jobs, the people on the other end commented and it's noted that you wore a suit. Thank you for showing up prepared. Now, isn't that interesting? And I said, they said that, like my reaction was, they said that, show suit? On? like in my head, are you freaking kidding me? You're you, you have to put your best foot forward, especially when we know that there could be two, three, four, 5,000 applicants for the same job. You have what, what are the pieces of the puzzle that are going to differentiate you? And these are just little things that people should be doing. I- I I always think that, well, yeah, they're doing that. And then when someone comments, it's like, people aren't doing that, blows my mind. Again, it's that 84% of of uh, prote- potential clients saying that people are showing up unprepared. That scares me. That really scares me, Dan. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So t- talk to me about how do you manage, because this is the other thing I heard with my kids, another interview, like the 10th interview with 20 people on the Zoom call, because we're <laughs> vetting, and and listen, yeah. Companies, it's expensive to hire. I get while they're doing it. They're, let me hear Dan's perspective. Let me hear Connie's perspective. Just because the more, you know, sometimes too, it's too much, but the more input we get, right? So it could become a very lengthy interview process um, with multiple starts and stops. What do you recommend to people who who work with you when that happens?
1: Yeah, I mean, so because the market's so sluggish, you'll notice that there is a Ton of competition. You can Mm -hmm. see a job posted online or on LinkedIn, and within four hours, you might see 200 applicants. Mm -hmm. It's out of control. Matter of fact, for companies, there's so much noise right now. It's Mm -hmm. like, think about going through 200, 300, 400 applicants and then being able to identify the real talent. And we know in sales, for us, we have to talk to every single person. Because you can't see a person's ability necessarily in a resume. You still need to talk to them. You need to understand and hear their story. You need to hear what they've done and who they are as an individual. And unless you understand those key you know, personality attributes, it's impossible to recommend them to one of our clients. And we need to know the people that we represent and be able to highly recommend them based on their successes in life. And some things may not be on their resume. Yeah. So yeah. for us, it is it is it is really getting to know our, our candidates, which takes a long time and a lot of work. And th- yeah. that's why you know so many companies use us. Um, but for but because of that, if you are a, if you're searching, if you're a salesperson searching for a new opportunity, you know that the competition is going to be heavy. Right. And so it's really understanding what is your story? Who are you? What makes you different? How do you gain the attention when there are 400 emails or 400, uh, 400 applies. What else are you doing? Like when you're thinking that in sales, how do you go find a net new client? Like, what do you do? What does your process look like? And then take that same process and figure out how to use that in your job search. Agreed. So, you're looking at the target audience that you're selling to. You find a company that you're interested in. You see a job that's posted. You see that the recruiter that posted the job is on LinkedIn. You connect and reach out to that person. But then you also reach out to the sales manager, the director, the VP, and you start to get you know get your word out there. Start introducing you to people. Those that connect with you, you send a note, a per you know authentic, a personal note, introducing yourself, showing your interest levels, and why you might be a good fit. But the point is you need to have, um, a plan, a sales, uh, you know, uh, basically a sales strategy to get your foot in the door with these companies Mm -hmm. and just sending a resume is just not going to cut it. You're going to need, just like you sell, you're going to need to use social media. You're going to need to use email. You're going to need to use phone calls. I mean, everything is included to get your foot in the door.
0: Absolutely. And you know, the, um, I'm, I'm giggling because my, you know, my kids and my husband, three different companies and because I have my own company, right? But three different companies, every one of their companies uses a recruiter for whatever the industry is, right? That they, they specialize in. Um, so I laugh because, you know, like with my husband now, he's got to hire these 10 people and he, he's become very, very close with the recruiter because She's got the pulse on what they're looking for, the pulse of the organizational culture and all of those things. And they talk frequently because she has to know exactly who he's looking for, who are the candidates that they did hire, why they worked out. So I, I commend her because she really does do a nice job for that customer service piece. Um, and But she's talking to my husband constantly. That's, a, that's when you know you have a good recruiter because they're trying to understand and not just throw people out you let's let's throw things against the wall and see what sticks so for me i know you're very strategic with your clients um same thing you communicate you it like you just said 200 applications you you have to interview all 200 people companies hr departments just don't have the capacity to do that so i'm excited for people like you that are really doing that niche Great job getting in the trenches, understanding, peeling back the onion with every client and then looking at the, the resumes that are coming in that you actually speak to them, looking at the things you said, the non-tangibles that don't make it on a resume, but are critical to the soul of that person and how they contribute to the culture, the organization, the sales team, whatever it might be. There- we we can't, again, it goes back to what we started with, Dan, we can't do it alone. And you have to build that dynamic team. And that recruiter piece, I believe is just such a a key part, but the companies have to build the relationship with you and keep you informed because then that amps up more clarity of who is the perfect fit for that company. It's all about clarity and communication, right, Dan?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And it's it's a ton of work. Like if you're our clients were to see how much work it is to get them just one candidate, one superstar qualified candidate that checks off all the boxes yep. it is a ton of work I mean it takes all hands on deck a massive amount of outreach, leveraging our relationships, our database our network i mean there's so much that goes into it, so yep. it is um it is a lot of work <laughs> and and if a company would try to do it their own, they can. But if you're a sales manager, there's no way you can sell. You will have to spend all your time just recruiting, finding, hunting down people. I mean, it just it takes forever.
0: And also my, my clients, you know, they, they use recruiting firms also, um, a lot of times because they're HR generalists. If they're looking for a salesperson, the HR person might not know what that, that, again, that sole essence of the person that's going to be the perfect fit because that's not their expertise. They're, gen- they have to know a little bit about everything. So that's why finding those teammates externally, like you, like my husband, the recruiter that he uses in, in Manhattan, these are, <clears throat> these are important pieces of the puzzle um i i you got to build the have you met me it's all about the relationship dan it's all about the relationship <laughs> period right. in business right it's just it's so it, it's funny how it always goes back to those dynamic profitable relatable intimate not in a weird way relationships that's how, how good business I think is, is really done. And we, we, we have to leave that transactional and go to the relationship like your company. You're all about building those relationships. And I, I think it's, I think it matters. I really do. Um, we have like one more, got like three more minutes, but I am really curious. And I think my listeners will be too. 2024, fast approaching. Are you seeing more companies moving to that hybrid? There's so much hype out there about hybrid, all remote. What are you seeing on the sales realm? I mean, the, so
1: many companies or some companies w- have tried to go back to an in-office. And some jobs require it. You know, don't get me wrong. It does. But for those jobs that do, that do not require you to, you to be in office to do the job, Those companies will continue to struggle if they force their employees back to the office. And the only reason I know that is based on our data, when a company does that, when they try to push their team back to the office, the first thing that happens is those people call us and say, I got to get out of here. They want us in the office full time. Now, you don't have to be 100% hybrid. So I think that is is a, a luxury, but that is a humongous recruiting advantage. So if you do go hybrid, you're at a huge advantage. If you come into the office, you are at a huge disadvantage and you should expect to turn a lot of your sales force over. And it might not happen today. So you might think the decision was okay. But as people find new opportunities by mid year, by six, seven months in, if you look around and say, wow, why did we lose everyone? If you do a survey, likely it's going to be because you pulled away that. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd call it a benefit or you pull, pulled away that piece of the environment. Yeah. Most almost every one of our clients offers a hybrid. It's the only way you can compete. So whether it's 2 days in, 3 days out or 3 days in, 2 days in, whatever it is, it is the only way that you can compete to find the talent you need. So if you're an executive and you have a and by the way when Treeline before we went remote, I I never would have thought in a million years that we could do it remotely. I, I wouldn't have thought that we could do this job remotely. I always thought we needed to be together in this high momentum and strategy and pumping everyone up. And, you know, if you're having a bad day, let's do it together. Um, but I think there is a mind, traditional mindset that people need to be in the office. And a lot of that mindset, I think, is driven from the executive team and whatever, you know leases. And space they are kind of locked into, but now that COVID's up with three years out, I mean, I would have, I would imagine some of those leases are up. Companies can reduce some of that excess spend, I, I would think, and uh, seriously consider, uh, uh, you know, this hybrid environment. I mean, what's the use of having uh, everyone come to the office? if no one really shows up or whatever, if you have a hybrid and sometimes people are in the office and sometimes people aren't, I mean, how often do you talk to someone? They're like, yeah, I have to go to the office on Tuesdays. And when I get there, no one's there. Like I would just rather work at home. Like, what's the difference? What's the difference of me calling my coworker on, you know, you know, G chat or, you know, zoom I'm in the office and they're at home. Or yeah. the, you know, it's like, well, I, so I think some companies get wrapped up into coming back to the office, but it is a recruiting disadvantage if you force people to do so. And if you don't offer a hybrid or fully remote, it's man, don't expect to get the best talent. You're just not going to.
0: Yeah. And I know my husband's company, they have to go in three days a week. It's quite a long commute, right? But my husband likes going in. He said, Con, there's benefit to me because I get answers quick. I could run upstairs to another department. Um, and then the two days a week, it's enough of a break because it's, it's a lengthy commute, right? Mm-hmm. But he likes going into that office, uh, e- even though his whole team is remote. Isn't that funny, Dan? So, yeah. but he likes it because his yeah. connectivity yeah. with the other, the other department heads. So I get it. I get it. So I think, but the, but I'll tell you, he also says those two days of not having to commute. He gets up super early as if he's commuting and he works. Mm-hmm. As if he's commuting at the end. So he gets, he, it's quiet though. So he gets a lot right. done on the remote run. So there's definitely a benefit to both. I think organizations really, really have to look at, you know, and you're right. Some people have to go in full-time, like my banks. Um They have to right. be, the especially on the right. retail side, on the back office, some of them do a hybrid. Um but, So what does the job entail? Um, but I think the hybrid is the way to go. It becomes a win-win and it gives a, people a little flexibility. The other thing, like I had a minor surgery yesterday, a little mole removed. So I knew it was going to be nothing. My husband's like, man, nah, I want to stay home. I, wa- I want to take him. I'm going to take the day off. So he went in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Usually he goes in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So th- they don't care what days you come in. And I think that little piece of flexibility, again, it makes a difference for the person to say, well, they're working with me. You know, two days I could get a little more done during the commute, but when I'm there, I have that face time with people. We can have the best of both worlds, right? We just have to figure out yeah. within the organization. Is it two days? Is it three days um, yeah. in the office? Right. So I, I think they're the little semantics that we're talking about.
1: There is one, and I still would say hybrid across the board, absolutely. That's the most common. But there is, there are some roles. More time in the office is better. And that, you know, for example, in sales, and that is uh with junior level new reps. Yeah. BDRs and SDRs. It is healthy for them to be in an environment, uh, an office environment, because they need the support and the camaraderie. And they're just learning. They're just learning about business in general. They're learning how to sell. And so it is helpful for them to uh, the more time in the office they can get, the better as they mature. Uh, a hybrid becomes more realistic. And Absolutely. and generationally, there is also like a little battle there too. So yeah. I agree with you. Hybrid is definitely the way to go. In office, it's you're just not competitive. And if you do ver- 100% virtual, you are totally competitive. You have a much better shot at uh, all kinds of different talent.
0: Yeah, but goes back to that 84% showing up unprepared. I, I agree. New new employees should be entrenched early on within that organization, meeting people, getting, the, it's important too to meet people, the other execs and other departments, because what if you become a division head 10 years from now, right? You're planting those seeds and building your network internally as well. So being new, I do agree. we, we 84% that ratio when i heard that statistic it blew my mind in, but that's not okay that's just not okay mm-hmm. so um these are little ways that companies can get control to lower that 84% so their people are really showing up and representing their company in a, in a beautiful way in the way we want to be know right that branding they're living and breathing the brand of the organization yeah it's great So many moving parts. We could talk for hours, my friend. We are out of time. But listen, everybody, please reach out um, to Dan. He is genuine and just an absolute love uh, to work with and deal with. His email uh, directly is fantasia at treelineinc.com. I will put it in the show notes. Dan Fantasia is fantastic, by the way. I had to do it. I couldn't help myself, and then the website. Check it out if you have questions, which is just treelineinc.com. And also in the show notes, I am going to put um, Dan's free gift, which is um, a sales recruitment resource. You want to really quick tell everybody what that is so they can hook up with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, on our website treelineinc.com, you can go to our resources page, and we have a, a bunch of free, a bunch of free guides and downloads um, depending on what you're trying to do. So I, I, if you're, if you're struggling with recruiting, if you're trying to figure some things out, uh, definitely check out our website, go to check out some of the free guides and download whatever you need and whatever can help.
0: Beautiful. I love it. And I will put that link in the show notes, um, directly for any of my HR people out there, executives that are like, Hmm, I think Dan is on. Dan is fantastic. He's on to some um, Dan, as always, just what a you're just a delight. I think what you're doing out there is important, and I think the way you run your company is the way every company should run it, right It's that intimacy, that really spending the time to get to know not only the client, the recruitment people, the people that are, are being recruited, but also building that database um, specifically for salespeople, just doing such a great job. Thank you so much, and thank you for sharing your your zone of genius with us today. Uh, thank you, Connie. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, and and happy holidays.
1: Happy holidays. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together. No matter where you are on changing your sales game or changing the sales game within your organization, I truly hope my guests and I provide some good context, good ideas, good strategies things to think about, right? Even if it's just shifting your perspective, we use that word quite a bit today, but if it helps you change your perspective as to clarity of what that next step is, um, we're doing our job. And that's my passion um, with this show is really to help you navigate, again, changing your sales game. Uh, Dan, thank you again. Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I am truly honored to have, I am honored and I should say inspired to have you all on this journey with me please make sure you subscribe uh rate and review i love reading your ratings and reviews but subscribe so you don't miss an episode um my guests and i really do want to help you move the needle especially with the new year approaching let's dig in let's do it we're in this together let's build some momentum i love you all i wish you all an amazing holiday season dan thank you again and we'll see you next time everybody have a great one
1: be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and while you're at it please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember,
0: lead with heart and your sales will follow.